Welcome to The Right Note, a podcast dedicated to the independent author. From the craft of storytelling to the business side of publication, we cover it all. I'm Jay Ryan Fenzel. And I'm Kira F. Jacobs. And this is The Right Note. Kira, this is our first episode of The Right Note. And I guess I want to start by uh, just discussing why why we're actually doing a podcast. I mean, to me, on, on my end, um, I've always enjoyed discussing writing because writing is kind of a passion for me. And I believe it's the same for you, right? Yep, definitely. So like one thing I always love doing is they have these uh, commentaries on movie tracks and things. And when you watch the commentaries and the writers around there, it always fascinated me, um, their takes on how they wrote scenes and, and craft characters. And I was just always interested of how they pulled stories together. And I think other writers feel the same way. And to ha- to create a forum that uh, other writers can do that with us is something that I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to doing. Yeah. Well, I definitely agree because I remember watching commentaries of Star Trek uh, uh, that J.J. Abrams directed when I was really young, like middle school, and I was so into it. And Yeah, raised you right. You're right. And that always interested me. I think it was it gave like real life to to the art instead of just like, oh, a movie was made and we enjoyed it. There was like actual story behind how it was made and the people who were a part of it. And you get to see like the camaraderie between the cast and like problem solving between the crew. And I always thought that was interesting because as a writer, you do that part alone pretty much. Like you don't really have like the camaraderie of other people, which is why podcasts are so important. I think because you find that in other writers here or like on social media, because writing is kind of lonely. Um, If you don't seek out things like this, where you can connect with other people. Right. Yeah. And actually, I just listened to a podcast with Nelson DeMille, my favorite author, um, yesterday, actually. And he, and he said something similar, like talking about book tours and promotions and how nine months out of the year or, or 10 months, you know, you're in a room writing by yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you have to switch modes. And then you're, you're going to a book signing with, with all these people who've come to see you because they, they like what you put out. And it's a, it's a totally different headspace to go to, you know. Mm-hmm. So I I think we're we're right we're wired to want to to discuss our passion with other writers, right? Mm-hmm. And I was hoping also that we can do um, is can just talk techniques and and tools we use, and maybe uh, hit up some hurdles <clears throat> that you come across, and then you know we'll get into process and things as we as we move on in, in different episodes and things. Um, and the other thing we're going to get into is uh, interviewing other authors. And, and I guess industry experts like uh, editors or uh, cover designers and things like that, because mm-hmm. we're really gearing the, the, this podcast to independent authors. And, and I think it would help to have um, this discussion and, and we, can, we can discuss uh, our experiences in going through the writing and book production and promotional process. And I think that'll help a lot of people, too. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And other other aspects, I guess, of this, what could make our discussions interesting for other people, perhaps, is I think we got a couple of things uh, unique for for you and me. You know, in full disclosure, you are my daughter, right? right? <laughs> um, 
so it's kind of a father-daughter dynamic, and I'm sure we're going to have stories that bounce off each other uh, from you growing up or, or what you remember and what I remember from you. And uh-huh. we can get a generational dynamic between, yeah. between like Gen X guy like me and then uh, the younger, what, a millennial? I think, or... I'm, I think I'm technically Gen Z. Gen Z? I okay. think that's what I am. I'm well, not a millennial. I, think... I know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank goodness. But no. <laughs> No, but I, and I think that'll give, because I am noticing, I've been, I've been differences in today's generation and kind of my generation and just how we approach writing and, and certain sensibilities we have or certain um, the, the things we choose to write about or choose to emphasize in our writing, you know? Yeah. And I think that would be an interesting uh, take on it. You know, and, and another thing is uh, we can, we can, talk as two writers in different parts of the same journey. Like I've been doing this in a more serious sense for like 20 years and you're just kind of starting out the last couple of years. Yeah. So you're kind of at the beginning of the road and I'm kind of down the road a bit. And I think we can bounce off each other, you know, what you're seeing now, what I saw then, what we're, how we're all coming together now. You know? Yeah. 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 And, and, and I mentioned that we're, we're going to be interviewing like uh, other authors and, and to kind of get their takes and everything. And one question I really want to ask everybody, and I'm going to ask you right now. Okay. And I kind of, we kind of discussed this a little bit before, but I guess one question I'm always going to ask an author is tell me your origin story. Like not how, not, and I don't mean, uh, well, why do you write or when did you start? It, it, it's more, how you became a writer like how did tony stark become iron man you know what what did he go through what experiences did he have that turned him into you know the hero he became right right yeah yeah so i'm gonna put you on a spot okay say kira what is your origin story to become the author you are well i think it definitely started out with having a parent who Um, was an author because as a kid that's like super cool and I feel like as a kid I was always very you know Marissa my sister and I we played all the time we were very imaginative and when you get to that point in your life where playing is not really like a age appropriate anymore you you can't just shut off your imagination you know if you're wired to be creative like that so I always wrote like I remember writing little little books as a kid um, drawing <laughs> pictures with crayons and I'm gonna pause you for one second because you you said you and, and Marissa had these big imaginations and that is not an exaggeration you guys <laughs> played you guys imagined big time we did uh, I mean you would create entire communities in the basement amusement parks and <laughs> And like my favorite memory is coming home from work when we were living in the apartments when the house was being built uh-huh. and you and Marissa created an entire chalk city oh, yeah. on the parking lot. We from, rode our bikes around. Oh yeah. And it was like buildings in, in the city area. Then it'd go to the rural and the subdivision and the houses and all the little stores. And it was amazing. And you guys didn't think small, man. And you carried that into your writing, I think. Yeah, and I think that's a big thing, which is really funny because when I saw Marissa recently, um, we were both talking about how we both write. You know, she does it 
less frequently, but she still does too. I think because we both were just very imaginative, but so it's always been a part of, of me, you know, writing and creating stories. And I think I wrote my first, I actually completed my first big story, you know, big for me at the time. I remember I was in seventh grade and you read that one and it was probably terrible, but I was so proud of it. About the kids who escaped Mexico. Why did I write about that? I have no idea, (laughs) but it was was my first story that I ever completed. Um, And that I remember I took it to school and I was showing my friends like, oh, I wrote this. And I kind of thought it was like normal that people would write stuff, you know, like a whole book. And, but my friends were like, what do you mean you wrote this? It's like, you actually wrote this whole thing. They were like very shocked that I actually wrote a book and they thought it was really cool. And so I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I guess I'll keep doing this. Um, But I remember remember that story. I remember that story. I do. It it was, you know, and like you said, it was your first long, longer um, work, right? Yeah. You know, and it was obviously... It was your first. Heavily influenced by Maximum Ride. Yes, Let me it was just very say much that. so. But hey, that's how we start. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's how we start. We emulate what we enjoy and then we, we put our own print on it, right? Yeah, definitely. You ha- Yeah, that's how you learn. You write kind of crappy stuff and then you hopefully get better. Um, but in high school, I remember before I went to college, you know, I decided that I I knew I wanted writing to be a part of something in the future but I never really had a plan in place it was always kind of like oh one day it will happen and it was almost like I thought it would magically happen I guess I don't know I just never really had a plan because I was going to college for other stuff I guess where the origin story of where it really comes into like this is you know this is when I decided was in 2019 um after I had gotten married to Hayden And I was taking, actually, no, it was right before I got married. I was taking a summer class, chemistry. And if I failed that class, I was going to have to do another semester of school, which meant that I could be a part-time student, which would give me more time during the day to either work or like work on writing. And so when I failed class, I was like, all right, this is it. Like, I hate school and I'm actually going to start pursuing writing for real you know, I didn't really know what that looked like at the time. I think it it was self-publishing in my head is what I wanted to do. But 2019, after I failed chemistry, is when I decided I was going to pursue writing whatever that meant for real, just because that was what I enjoyed most in life doing. So that was kind of how I, that was when I decided that it would be a real, a real career. You yeah, know. you know, and, and that's a good it's a good age to start it, I think, you know, to do it seriously, because, you know, if I go through my little origin quickly, it, it's very similar to yours. It's like, I really enjoyed, um, like, Star Trek TV show, the original, mm-hmm. and then Twilight Zone and things like that, that kind of story. And when I would write short stories back when I was a kid, it would emulate those or or kind of copy those, you know, like, like yeah. you're saying. Um and and I kept writing. And what I think what helped me in the younger years here is I always had I always had a reader for my writing. And it was Uncle Brian. Mm-hmm. He would read everything. He's read everything I've ever written. Yeah. Right. And he would, you know, give me great, you know, comments on it and tell me what he liked and did. And that was really helpful, actually. But, you know, like you said, you you you, you kind of I got to an age where, OK, then 
school and college and getting your life together, that became your goal, right? And mm-hmm. writing was like, eh, it's in a back burner. And I went on 10 years like that and I had new girls. And um, I, about 10 years later, I realized that I missed writing. I missed that mm-hmm. feeling of creating in that, in that way. So in yeah. 2000, 2001 or something, I decided I wanted to, to write an actual novel and I based it on a, um, like a role-playing game me and, and my friends were had done. And we took that story and I just, and I just put that into a novel format. And I was oh, so, cool. the story was so uh, in my head because it was, it was, it was a good story that we were playing out, you know, and, and my friends really played their characters, right? So it was like, it was kind of a really well-realized story with good characters. And I remember putting that on paper and I let your, your mother read it. And I remember thinking, gosh, the story that was in my head, I put on paper and now it's in her head. Right. And, and mm-hmm. it was kind of that, yeah, that, isn't that, weird? that moment where it's like, wow, that's really cool to be able to do that. You know? Yeah. And yeah, I had, was that, was that descending? No, it was, it was, it was oh. called Echo Heroes. And it was a fantasy story. So as your roots is fantasy that you get, it comes yeah, naturally. My realm right now. And, no, and then I wrote another one. Um, that was called Circling Jericho, and it was a trunk novel. And they, and they call it a trunk novel because you write it and you look at it and say, it's not ready to be published. And you put it in a trunk and never look at it again, right? I've done that. I've done that multiple yeah, times. You know, You've read yes, my I trunk have. novel. <laughs> but what was neat about that is when I wrote Inherit All Things, that trunk novel became my background story for Inherit All Things. Oh, that's and, cool. and I remember I did a, I was talking with, um, I think it was the WHMI guy doing an interview with him and he picked up, it's like, it really feels like, you know, these characters have had a life before and they've had a, you know, some kind of, um, a bigger world than just the story you're in. And I realized that's because I had this other whole novel that uses the background. So from from not writing for 10 years to realizing I missed it to getting into it. And then I wrote short stories to kind of build my craft, hone my craft and kind of uh, get confidence in my writing. Right. And you had a similar thing recently, too, with uh, poetry. Right. Where it was actually your first published work. It was. Yeah. And that was what? I wrote a poem called The Sisters in the Attic. And it is a comical, spooky poem, kind of the same vibe as like arsenic and old lace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of the vibe that, that I like, based it off of. And what's amazing, um, that reference, your generation probably doesn't know that reference, I arsenic know, and old lace. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so they should look into it because it's pretty fun. Um, but yeah, that was kind of like the vibe. I wrote poetry for fun, like never, I, I never ever planned on submitting any poetry because I just write it for fun, seriously. Or if it just like pops into my head, I'll write it in my phone notes. I really don't. I just really never planned on doing anything, but a publishing house that I follow, Phantom House Press, um, put out that they were looking for short stories and poem submissions for 
an anthology and the theme was poison. And I had, I had wrote this poem about, um, about three sisters who died by rat poison falling in their stew. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to submit the poem and see what happens. And it got accepted. So that was really fun and working with them. And they're really, they're really easy to work with. And yeah, so it was a cool experience. So how did it feel? Cause it was your, it was your first um, I guess, accepted published mm-hmm. work. Yeah. Right. And I, and I remember mine was, um, it was a murder mystery short story called Blue Moon Incorporated. It was a, like a near future sci-fi murder mystery. But that acceptance email I got was so cool. And then I actually yeah. got paid for my writing. And yeah, it was like an acknowledgement that, hey, other people think I did something Wrote, wrote something very good, right? Like noteworthy, yeah. Yeah. So, and that's yeah, a great confidence builder, right? Yeah, definitely. It was, yeah, it's cool because I think like starting off, if you've never had anything accepted before, it's just a cool stepping stone of like you got the first thing under your belt, you know, and now you're not starting from scratch. You right. you have something <laughs> under your belt. <laughs> yeah, and somebody in the world of writing, some in, in some professional capacity, has acknowledged your work, right? Mm-hmm. And it kind of says, okay, so it's not all in my head that I think I'd, I'm writing something good. Some other one, right. someone else said that too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's very good. And I think that helped you um, to move on and write your longer form work, which is your first. It's not, it's not, like I said, it, it's not your first novel. You've had drunk novels, but it was your first um, writing. What, would you say it was your first one after writing that poem? Actually, so I actually wrote Bendigo Fletcher before the poem, but I was submitting it at the time to agents and publishers because I didn't know yet that I wanted to do self-publishing. So I wrote it before the poem, but I, it didn't get published first. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think it helped you to move forward with Bendigo like you had, yeah. which mm-hmm. kind of gets into the next topic. And I was hoping to get to it this episode, but I think we're going to, we're going to actually slate it in our next episode is you wrote uh, a fantasy story called the testimony of Bendigo Fletcher. Yep. And, um, why don't you tell me a little bit about that kind of tease for our next for our next episode? Give me your elevator pitch for Benigal Fletcher. All right. The Testimony of Benigal Fletcher is a young adult fantasy novel. So geared toward like 12 to 18 years old. Um, it follows my main character, Benigal Fletcher, who lives in a world. The world is called Tarsha. He lives in a world where the afterlife has been stolen by spirits in the um outer realm basically so in the spiritual realm and they've taken the afterlife so when the people of tarsha die they truly die like it's just darkness you don't there's nowhere to go your life is over there you you hope in nothing and so the story of benigo fletcher is his story of being chosen to leave his village that he's never left in his entire life to uh go find a man who is rumored to be able to bring back the afterlife so it's his journey to go find this man. And then what happens once he finds this man? What does he learn? What is what is the plan? You know, what does he have to risk to bring the afterlife back to his? And would you say this is a young adult, you said, right? Young mm-hmm. adult audience. Um, but I would say also, 
is you have some very strong Christian themes in it. I do. Yep. Yep. And I think it's a really well written story and very clever, imaginative story elements and, and aspects to it. And we're going to get more into that uh, in the next episode. And, and then we're also going to get into um, why or how you uh, took the path you did into getting Bendigo Fletcher onto the page. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this being an independent author-centered podcast, um, it's, it's spoiler alert, you, you went the independent route. I did. Uh, as I did with my, with my uh, novels. So we're going to dive into that and kind of uh, talk about the process and the challenges and the, uh, the fun and the not so fun aspects of uh, taking that path. Okay. All right. All right. Fantastic. So we're going to wrap up episode one and I hope uh, everyone enjoyed listening and we'll be back before too long with another one. So thanks for Don't listening. Don't forget about the right us. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> We'll be back with the right note. (laughs) That's right. Right on. (laughs) 